0: I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. Free birthing twins. Surprise! In today's episode, I am speaking with Emma Johnston, the co-founder of The Reconnected. Emma reached out to me about a year ago after the birth of her fourth and fifth children. And she told me about how she had taken the WellFucked Woman's Salon earlier that year. And she shared with me that she had just birthed her twin boy and girl at home on her own with her partner and her three other children present no one else. Her entire pregnancy was wild and free, meaning she didn't consult with any witch doctors or meddling wives or use any machines to tell her what was happening inside of her own womb. Instead, she listened to her own body and her intuition to guide her through the entire process. So I get that that may not be the place that everyone is at, where they have the confidence to do that, but I truly believe that this is the way. My work in the sexy mama realm is to help women shed the fears and the programming they've taken in that reinforces their helplessness in the pregnancy and birth process and the idea that they need an outside source or a machine to tell them the truth of their own bodies. My work is to help them restore their own inner knowing and confidence. Every animal innately has this, including us. (laughs) We couldn't survive. No species could survive if we didn't. We've just been convinced that we don't have this. One of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this topic is so women and couples can have the most powerfully transformative and self-actualizing experiences of their lives. And because I've seen the toll that it takes on women, couples, and their relationships when they have what typically would be a traumatic birth experience, which is the norm in a hospital setting, versus the kind of defining, cataclysmic, self-actualizing, transcendent, life-changing, activating your deepest, deepest wisdom and spiritual intuition that happens when you have an independent, autonomous birth where you rely on your own sources within. And I'd even liken this to the concept of a spiritual initiation, that that's what the pregnancy and birth process truly is. The sense of you going inside, slaying your own demons, finding your own blocks and coming through the other side victorious. So women birthing in their own power get to have this experience, you know, as a reward for doing this kind of work. Women who give their power away to an external authority during birth do not. Instead, they walk away traumatized, confused, and grief stricken. And they have no idea why, because there is no outlet for them to be acknowledging the trauma that what happened within their birth. People will pat them on the head and say, you're so lucky, your baby's a you're You're healthy. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe it depends how many surgeries you sustained, how many drugs you took, how many things were given and done to your baby to define what health truly is and what it will look like in the years to follow. But they don't have that. And so most people don't make the connection have a great episode called The Real Reason Why Couples Stop Having Sex After Children, which details this, that it's all about this birth trauma and the fact that they've gone so far off course in the birth experience, rather than it being an event that unites them forever. To be clear, I'm not shaming or blaming any women who have fallen victim to the propaganda and lies of the allopathic system. I am definitely blaming anyone who perpetuates those lies and is responsible for spreading them. The reality is healing can only happen when we acknowledge the trauma that's taken place. And though it might be hard to do that, there's lots of power in acknowledging what's happened. And then even if it's too late for you, meaning you're finished having children at this stage of your life, you can be a voice to spread the message forward of what's really possible in birth. And if you're still having babies, you have many an opportunity to do it over again. And people often say, well, they always say when they then have a more empowered birth experience, how it really helps to wipe out the previous experiences that they had. So, in this interview, Emma touches on so many amazing points in our conversation, which reflect the core essence of my philosophy like the Anami guarantee everyone can, everyone has these abilities. And if you aren't realizing them, that's because something is in the way. Trauma, beliefs, conditioning, these are the elements to remove so that we can all get back to the innate birthright knowing and wisdom that we all have. Once that stuff is out of the way, we see our intuition and our connection to our bodies deepen and all of that divine functioning that is available to us. That channeling of the eons of wisdom that is within our very cells is flooding our consciousness and we have access to it a great example of the programming that we all get versus the truth of what our bodies are designed to do is the concept of pushing in birth name one fictional movie or television depiction of birth that doesn't include a crazed bleacher filled crowd of people yelling at a woman to push 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 her baby out pushing is one of the worst things that you can do in birth. It's the antithesis of surrender, of letting the body do what it does. When we do surrender and open, the body takes over and something called the fetal ejection reflex happens, where the body gives a great heave and catapults the baby out. Yes, indeed, the body pushes itself. When women push, and you see the great metaphor here of not letting go of control and refusing to surrender, they often end up tearing their vaginas and creating prolapse scenarios that will haunt them for the rest of their lives, particularly if they don't take up a jade egg practice in the future. But when she just surrenders and opens, the body can get to work and do what it does beautifully and gracefully. In Emma's birth story, she shares what happened when the fetal ejection reflex kicked in and her babies literally shot out of her. Emma also talks about following her own inner guidance, when there potentially was a tricky moment during her birth, and where that led her. So many great themes in this conversation. Well fucked all stars. Hello, Emma. It's great to have you here.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I actually love your podcast. I love how diverse it is and I listened to quite a lot of it just before I had my twins actually. I went on a deep dive on the podcast.
0: Diverse? Diverse
1: in what way? Just about sex and babies and relationships and homeschooling and just kind of all the things that I'm into. So yeah.
0: Love it. Well, you're into something that I'm very into, which is the whole free birthing idea, which you've done on a whole other level. So please share your story.
1: Yeah, well, it's actually almost coming up to a year, which just blows my mind. But I was pregnant last year due to give birth in October. I thought I had mapped out um, on my own and... Uh, I had a pretty amazing pregnancy and the part that I don't think you know is I actually signed up for your well-fucked woman course just before I fell pregnant and me and my partner were just kind of rebuilding intimacy we actually had no plans to have another child
0: and you have and so far
1: we have three three so already
0: yeah. So, okay yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, and I've had home births with all three of the older ones. And... um, Were
0: they also free births?
1: uh, They were home births. Mm -hmm. But my midwife, Melanie Jackson, has her PhD in free birth, so she's very hands-off. I've never had any checks or dilation checks or everything's very hands-off and, um, you know, just being with yourself and having her there. But... We I started doing that course and then me and my partner just started to open up and be with each other way more deeply and intimately. And this energy just came in and I knew that there was another child there. Um and I heard the name actually. I heard the name Phaedra and I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a girl around. Um and I I think she's coming in and my partner was like, Are you crazy? Um, <laughs> do we have a kid like that? Just sounds a bit nuts, but he also felt it as well. And I think he couldn't really say no to the energy that was coming. Um, and so we just kind of went with it. And I just had this really strong sense that we were about to invite a girl into the family. And so, um, we actually just at that point. Just when we just started to open up intimately, life was running really smooth. I was thinking it's actually okay if I have, if we have another baby because, you know, we're in our house, we're sorted, everything's smooth and comfortable when it hadn't been for the other three. It'd kind of been a bit of a whirlwind, just even financially. And, you know, it was never really the right time. But this time I thought, no, we're sorted, we're grounded, it's all good. Like everything will be fine and then the next week we had a massive environmental disaster where we live um we had floods landslides and my family me my partner and my three kids were trapped behind a landslide for seven days Uh, food or water or anything clean water there was lots of water but not clean water and I just kind of knew, I was like, oh my God, I know that I'm pregnant. I didn't have any tests or anything, but like, I was like, I know it. And we've just lost our house. Like we've lost everything. And not only did we lose like the place where we could live, everyone in my area, it was like a 100,000 homeless people. So I was just like, what is this? Like, I cannot believe it. And, um, you know, I was like, have we made just like the craziest decision. But by the blessing of whatever is out there, we were just guided the whole way and supported so beautifully by the community and ended up landing in a really beautiful place to rest. And my business was going really well. So I was just in my pregnancy, I didn't have to work. I didn't have to, um, you know, do much else. And I couldn't, cause I was so sick. I was so, so violently ill and I thought I'd actually been water poisoned because we were siphoning water out of our tank for seven days, trapped behind the landslide. And um, I'd never been so sick before and I really thought it was because a lot of people were really ill from um, all the dirty water. And but mine just never went away like it was just I was just constantly violently sick and I was taking all the herbs and the remedies. And then it finally ended and I um, was about probably two months pregnant at the time and I hadn't really put two and two together yet. I thought I'd just kind of gone through this massive bug um whilst being pregnant and I had a, like a fears around like is the baby okay you know that was a pretty traumatic entrance into conception like is everything cool but I ended up having a really beautiful pregnancy and I just decided to do it on my own with my partner we had a bit of a brief discussion like what does it look like are we going to get a midwife are we going to get a doula Nothing felt really aligned. My midwife actually lives a lot further away. She wouldn't have been able to join us. I didn't feel to meet anyone else. I had this real feeling of secrecy. Like I was like, this baby feels really secretive. I had the feeling that it was a girl, but I was like, they're just really secretive. I don't know what it is. But anytime I'd, I'd, I think maybe I should talk to someone or express about my pregnancy. I just got this full body, no, you're fully okay, you're fine. And so I just went through my pregnancy. I actually had a really nice time. We just spent so much time at the beach, um, so much time just like connecting and being together. And then I went way over. So I thought... My baby would have been due, I think, on the 16th of October. That's when I'd kind of mapped it out. And I knew the longest they're going to stay in is to my daughter's birthday on the 28th of October because there's a bit of a pattern in our family of born on the same day. And we got to my daughter's birthday and no show. And I'm like, okay, this baby's sticking around way longer. Um, I didn't have a lot of movement, so I was kind of in a process around who is this baby? Like, they feel so secretive. There's not a lot of movement. My friends would be mapping me all the time, like feeling like, where is like the bum and where is the head? And, um, Yeah, it was just such a, we would kind of joke. Imagine if there was two in there, like, that would be so funny, like, because I felt so big, but nobody could feel two. We could always kind of get a bum and we could get a head and they always seemed to be flipping in each direction, but there was never two kicks or two hiccups or anything that would have led me to think that there was two in there. Um, And then... So we went way over my daughter's birthday and then on the 5th of November, so I think I would have been 43 weeks, I went into labor in the morning. And we just set up the pool in my house. My partner and my kids were there. It started in the morning. So it started pretty um, non-event, just quite easeful. And I just went into this kind of deep meditative zone thankfully i'd given birth three times so i knew to really hand myself over to the experience and and allow myself to just be with everything that was coming and i'm so glad i'd had those three births before because this one was just unlike any of them and it was a real call to surrender i felt really bizarre in my body the labor sensations were just like so epic they were right in my back which I hadn't really had before so it was like none of the movements that I thought would work would actually work you know just moving my hips and getting into these kind of interesting patterns in my body and I was having this real entanglement in the moment because I was like, wow, I've actually made the decision to do this completely on my own. So this actually all lands with me. And I was, you know, just kind of moving through this like mental unpeeling and unraveling around. Um, I'm, I'm, I am doing this totally sovereignly. I'm doing this totally on my own. Like, you know, I'm going to be with this. Okay. Okay. There's no one to really reach out to. And I said to my partner at one stage, I said, I think the baby is stuck. I have this feeling like there is, the baby's not moving. I'm not sure what's going on, but thank goodness he is so trusting and trusts me that he just held space for that feeling, helped me to have like a purge around it, like an emotional kind of purge. And then not too long after, he was kind of, um, kind of tracking where my um, the like the labor was going, and he thought, "No, we've got ages. Like this is going to take a lot longer." Um, it's all good. I'll just sit here and massage her, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my body just opened. Like I just went in this full breath of my body, and I had fetal ejection reflex, and my daughter. like flung out into the pool, made a little wave into (laughs) the pool. And we all picked her up and we were saying, my kids were there, and we were like, oh, my God, it is Phaedra, it is the girl, it's the girl. You know, we fully thought, wow, she um, she was so present and expressive with who she was way back at conception that we'd always felt that she was there. And we were all really excited and um, she was fully screaming. She was like so pink, so available. And as I had, had her on my chest, I just looked down at my belly and I could see my stomach had collapsed over the top of the other baby. So there was a very obvious baby there and i just looked at my partner and i said i think there's another one in there and he just goes okay and as soon as he said that my body just opened up again like i can't i can't describe it it's like i had no control over the fetal reflex it was like my body just opened and outshot legs and yeah and we don't remember Cause the funny thing is I had said to my partner, the whole pregnancy, whatever you do, just make sure you get the birth time because I love um, astrology and human design. So I was like, your one job is just get the birth time. So he did that. He got her birth time. He took some video, a little bit of video footage of us with her. It was all very exciting. And it's so funny looking back on the video cause you can fully see Halo in my womb. But um, we So we took the video and stuff, and then he'd put his phone down. And then when we'd said that, we don't know what happened in that moment, who took Phaedra, who took like, we don't know where she went. We can't remember, but his legs came out. And I just remember Ryan was there and my instinct was don't touch him. I just said, don't touch him. He'll be fine. And my partner's like, okay and then the next wave came my body opened up and he came out and he came out completely blue gray not there at all he was so floppy like so um i just had this real instinct came over me this really primal instinct and in a very quick succession, I just grabbed him. I sucked whatever was in his mouth out with my mouth. I flipped him over and I rubbed him on the back and we called his name. And it was so interesting that we did this because we didn't have a name for a boy. Um, we hadn't come up, we just knew it was Phaedra and we'd actually decided if it's a boy, it's Phaedra. If it's a girl, it's Phaedra, because like, the name was so present. And Ryan had heard the song, Halo come over my birth playlist. And he just started saying, come on, Halo, come on, Halo, you're here, you're here, you're with us, we're with you. And Halo came came to it and started to breathe and be there and available. And then we just had these two babies and we we're just sitting in the pool and my kids, my partner, we were just like all in shock. I don't remember what happened from there. My partner said he'd already been thinking at the beginning, like, how am I going to get her from the pool to the mattress over there with one baby? And then he said, I was just there with two babies, two cords. Like,
0: it was just
1: like, my goodness, what do we do? Um, But I was so blessed because they were both so radiantly healthy, you know, after Halo had landed and come into... Mm his body, he was just so awake and they were just so so present and fully cooked because they were 43 weeks, I think. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And I love like the the references you've made to your own instinct of what to do in those moments and especially love hearing when the fetal ejection reflex just takes over and does what it's meant to do which if we're not interfered with i believe that's what would happen with everybody but it's amazing to hear that you know the way you describe it like your body just opens and you don't even you're not my body just absolutely opened and you know i was reflecting
1: afterwards i was in a really trance like psychedelic state before that happened i was absolutely gone in my own mind. I, and I had this vision that I was walking two kids over a light spectrum when I was in that deep part of labor. But my because I wasn't in my conscious mind, I didn't think anything about two kids. I was just like, oh, I'm walking kids over a light spectrum. Like I, I didn't think about, oh, no, it's twins. I was just in this really psychedelic state. And then that's when my body just opened it's like there's no um conscious thought about it zero pushing like that baby was going to come out because my body i i it's it's the most unique sensation of just that absolute freedom and then they just come out i didn't feel anything it was just like eject it's just wild
0: so how would you describe like what do you think prepared you for being able to be really open and to allow that to come through you and surrendering in those moments
1: well i am a rebirthing breath worker and i you know have done so much work around being with discomfort whether that's my own discomfort emotional physical or mental discomfort, and then also being with many thousands of people's discomfort. So I think that's given me a really good foundation for being with what arises and moving into the pain. I have been around a lot of women who really trust birth, and I had to reclaim that myself because I don't come from a family or a paradigm growing up where birth or womanhood or just being a natural human being was ever talked about or shown in any way so when I first fell pregnant with my first son I'd never met anyone who had had a home birth but I knew uh, I hadn't even started breath work then but I knew that I wanted to do it at home I just was like that's just the weirdest thing to me that we'd go to a hospital and then because i had that spark of thought i landed in a random conversation at a cafe with someone who had a had a a home birth she told me about a book to read which was jane hardwick collins 10 moons i read that book that led me to reach out to a midwife which then i had my first birth at home which was up against a lot of kind of are you crazy you shouldn't be doing that you know and that was nine years ago too so this Um, Free birth, home birth wasn't quite as prevalent on the internet, you know, as it is now. So, that was like kind of my first move. And then having these births at home where my midwife, thank goodness, never touched me or guided me in any sort of way to give birth gave me a real sense of trust in birth Um, that I knew I could take a lot deeper with this experience of having a free birth. Um, But there's just so much more information out there now. Like it's so epic what you can learn from um, when it comes to this, you know, I read a lot of the books and just what happens in this scenario, what happens in that scenario. But ultimately I know that when we have an undisturbed birth, we go into a primal part of ourselves that doesn't need any sort of coaching. It's like that just switches on. And I, I didn't really know what to do with a baby who was totally not present or blue, but my instinct kicked in. It was the most – my partner said he was so – inspired but shocked and in awe about the level of calm that I had in that moment. He was like it was because he had felt that, <gasps> oh, my God, the baby's blue, like what's going to go on? But he said I just he just watched me just go into this absolute mastery around like this is what it's going to be, it's going to be totally fine, everything's all good. Um, yeah, and that was I don't know where that came from, but it was just in the moment.
0: like you say if a person is left undisturbed then that's all those instincts are there and intact right we we think about animals and all the things that they do instinctively and they're not watching anybody else give birth really right like they're not around anything that's all coming from within like licking their babies and like nursing them Mm -hmm. like all of that stuff is pure instinct which is epic really and if if women are left to be alone,
1: um, you know, it just does take over. Like, And also there is a real surrendering out of the mind. So I knew that I was dealing with the mind at the beginning of the labor because I was having these kind of untanglements around, um, you know, what was happening, the feeling of the baby being stuck. But I knew that. I needed to just get out of the mind and that there was nobody was going to help me in that moment. it was just about going surrendering deeper into the sensations of okay, the baby feels stuck where is that in my body? what is happening you know so just uh, the ability to get out of my thinking mind which probably would have made me fear close up, contract, get the adrenaline um but I knew to just kind of surrender more into the feelings and the sensations. And that's when I went on this like just epic psychedelic journey. Like I wasn't in the space at all.
0: Tell me more about the psychedelic journey. In both. So it's like,
1: well, I love that quote about how a woman goes to the stars to get her baby, to bring them back down. And I, I have oh, felt who that-, said that. I don't know who said that. Maybe it was Sunny Carl. She's always got a, good um way with words but it's so true and i've experienced it in all of my labors is there is a moment that it's like you go into the pain and you're with the pain enough that it transmutes into a psychedelic experience and it's no longer pain that has you wanting to escape it's like a uh, energy and a wave that comes through the body that takes you into an altered state of consciousness. I had it, um, yeah, I had it in all of my labors and it's especially that transition bit just before they're about to start to move into the birth canal and I think, um, you know, I think that's where a lot of um women don't actually get to have that experience they're just made to stay in their mind and if you stay in your mind you're not going to be able to access that place and if you're in a hospital situation and you have people talking to you or wanting to ask things you know it's very hard to get into that space and all of my births i've been in the dark left alone music because music is a huge um, tool for me i love music um and just being left to surrender into myself you know that's why i've been able to access that zone
0: yeah exactly and so what would you say were parallels for you because the whole theme of the sexual journey and being let's say a well-fucked woman and having cervical orgasms is the same level of very deep profound surrender where you have to get out of the mind and into the body and trust right and you hit these places that feel like chasms and voids and you have to be able to dive into them and go forward so did you notice parallels between your sexual explorations and what that could bring you into your birth experience Yeah, for sure. And I think the
1: real intimacy of my partner, I know that, um, you know, we've been together for, I think almost 15 years now, and we've been through each birth. And then just to be able to totally surrender to someone and completely trust, you know, essentially, he was my midwife in this birth with the twins because he was the one who was there. He was out, um, you know, making toast for the kids, Doing the pool, feeding the dog. He was not completely in the room because he left me be on my own. But there was, you know, like sex, like our parenting together, the level of trust that I was able to have in that moment. To even if I was to have these, um, purge these kind of fears that he wouldn't hook into that fear and um, create a bigger problem. He was able to actually just listen to what I was expressing and trust that I would make a call if I needed to make a call, but he didn't pressure anything. So, yeah, I can see the, the intimacy of our relationship was a big thing as well, like how it has impacted just that freedom to completely trust that it's just us in that space. Just feeling into the openness, you know, the openness sexually and the intimacy with myself, the intimacy with my own body, my own um, freedom of expression when it comes to birth, feeling completely uninhibited to be in that really primal nakedness you know like full exposure um which I'm actually so grateful that my kids have seen quite a few times is just this really primal part of me when I am in that birth space and it's just this real openness um you know that I know that I needed to embody in order to bring these babies in in a really sovereign way was to feel completely uninhibited in my own physical body, which I'm really proud of because I don't come from a culture of that at all. You know, I come from a diet culture and a very um, an English kind of, you know, You need to be repressed essentially, not very sexually expressive at all, very closed down. Nobody talked about sex, menstruation, none of it ever. So I'm proud that I've been able to reclaim that by doing intimacy work, self-reflection, my breath work practice, you know, and having these births where I've been able to be fully expressive in my own body.
0: Did you say come from diet culture?
1: Yeah, just women who were just always on diets, never loved their body, always had an issue, um, you know, would never be fully expressed in their body. You know, they wouldn't be open and vulnerable in that sense. Um, I was never breastfed, you know, my mum never put her breast in my mouth, like you know and i worried about that when i was first having kids cuz i was like well what am i up against but no i'm actually deeply instinctual and breastfeeding has been the most natural amazing awesome thing for me so i
0: love it yeah is there anything else that you'd like to add um
1: i would say that the world is so open and available for people to free birth now you know the the energy has changed within the landscape of like the medical field you know the the towers are crumbling in that sense and I think people are really becoming aware of their own auth- like authority and their own ability to do things differently and if you have that inkling that you want to do it there is so much support out there so many amazing people incredible stories and um, just make sure that you have safe people in your space you don't I didn't even tell people that I was free birthing and wild birthing nobody knew I was blessed because it was my fourth child that not a lot of people asked because they just you know I'd had three kids so it wasn't a big topic of conversation about what I was going to do but I kept everything really quiet private I kept it really in the insula of me and my partner and my friends who are very supportive and very open and um, willing to hold space for this type of stuff but I just didn't share it with people that I knew weren't going to hold the same level of frequency and I want to give people permission that they don't need to get permission from people to birth the way that they want to birth You know, it's actually a really good practice over your pregnancy to, you know, claim your sovereignty just even with your words. You know, you don't need, not everyone needs to know your decision. You don't need to um, justify it, just like you're not going to have to justify the choices that you make when your child comes here because you're going to come up against choices that you're going to have to make intuitively. And that practice can start at the very beginning of conception, of making intuitive choices that maybe not everyone else will agree with because that's going to be a pretty consistent thing popping up if you're having a child consciously and you want to make decisions based on your own instinct. It's really good to get that practice at the beginning because it's going to happen. And I'm so glad I didn't share my wild pregnancy and free birth plans with people that weren't going to fully hold it to the highest regard because I I had a pregnancy that was fairly stress-free. You know, I didn't have to come up against any kind of dogma, conditioning, fear-mongering, but it was mostly because I just stayed in my own zone, did my own thing, you know
0: and trusted yeah i mean how else do you think that you've cultivated that trust in your body and yourself if you didn't come from um that in your own lineage well lineage it's, i mean jeanette like sure yeah, it's in there. Character. but i mean like you're yeah. the imprinting that you would have gotten directly
1: Well, all of my rebirthing, I have a mastery in rebirthing breathwork, so I've done a lot of breathwork and the breathwork style that I am trained in is rebirthing, so it's reclaiming the signature of your own breath pattern back to its natural state of being, which is... Un, is releasing and unfurling the trauma that has happened since my own conception. And I've done a lot of deep work into that and a lot of reclaiming, rewiring and new agreements for my lineage. You know, new new agreements that I'm making towards my own family line, what I'm bringing in, um, you know, untangling a lot of the grief and separation of not being breastfed or um, being put into school, being, you know, medically tampered with as a child, you know, I reclaimed a lot of my experience around that through my own deep work. And I rewired that and and made some really conscious decisions to do things very differently, you know? So um, because I made those decisions the world has given me that. They've, it's shown me a way, and the best thing about it is because I have chosen to do that, and I haven't, you know, kind of blown up my family relationships. I had to move through probably many years—I'd say fifteen plus years—of um, my family and even my in-laws thinking that I was quite insane. Um, and very weird for the things that I do, but um, since COVID and just the exposure that's happened to a lot of people, now my family and my in-laws, they have a lot of respect for how I do things and they trust that I make the right decision for me and my kids. So it's kind of come full circle into just feeling accepted for being my kind of pioneering self for my own family yeah
0: that's amazing and what about your own self body love like when you talked about say coming from a diet culture and a lot of that that reflection around of constant dissatisfaction with the way the body is like how did you come to I'm assuming or did you come to a place of loving your body that love and trust and cultivation of that
1: well, so I actually come from diet culture of my own um, female lineage, but then I was a full-time ballerina, which was absolute hyper pressure on the perfection of body. And then I became a model, which was a whole other layer deeper of perfectionism around the body. And I lived overseas with supermodels and saw hyper dysfunctional relationships with physicality. So people that were considered to be the most beautiful people in the world, hating themselves so deeply that they would do unimaginable things in order to stay in this level of perfection that they, they had been given. So I had a really interesting experience over my early part of my life with seeing the mental illness that comes around the disconnection from the body. But I also had my own experience. Whilst I never had anything of an eating disorder, I did go way too heavy into drugs in my earlier years and I was not looking after my body properly at all and um it took me to unravel from all of those experiences and to become a mother of my own and have these births where i am fully exposed and in my body to just come to this level of deep appreciation for my physical body like how miraculous it is that it has been through So much, you know, full-time ballet, which is really intense, this model culture and this bizarre world that I was in where, you know, being sick was seen as being beautiful. Um, Luckily, I never really had to experience that. I just saw saw the mental world of it all and experienced that, which was really bizarre. And then my birth just gave me this experience of, wow, I've put my be- body under a lot of pressure over my life, but I've come into a state of healing where it is completely in its own mastery. Like my body is actually just in its own mastery. And I can just, as a woman, it's like, it's the most important thing is breastfeeding being with my babies like there's nothing around like the beauty standards or the um you know the need to look a certain way that matters anywhere near what being available for my babies and my kids are with my physical self so I've come to just this level of deep appreciation for how strong I am physically like my, especially that twin free birth, I was flying afterwards. I was just like, wow, my body has been through so much. And then yet again, it just did the most amazing thing. It blows me away.
0: You were flying? How, in what way?
1: I was so high. Like, I felt like I was
0: just absolutely
1: double oxytocin I was (laughs) tripping out I was (laughs) so tripping out you know for the first couple of days after I had the twins I had a bit of a hormonal wave where you know I was in the bed at night on the second night and I just had these two babies and I was just like all of a sudden like the kind of the reality of having five kids came down on me and I was like oh, my goodness, why has this happened? Like, I don't know if I'm, like, available for this. Like, five kids, it's so much responsibility, you know. Like, I just had this full wave of shock, you know. I, it was a shock, essentially, that I'd just had two babies. Um, but after that, after I kind of came more into this hormonal equilibrium and, you know, was – feeding both babies and I just stayed in bed for weeks and we just were in the most lush place um, as a family so I just felt like I was high and I was so inspired in my postpartum that my business grew so big like My business started before when I was pregnant with my babies, there was me, my business partner and two other people working for us. And over that period of time, over my pregnancy, birth and postpartum, we have 17 people working for us. So my business and my life was just like absolutely peaking. So yeah, it was a wild experience, but amazing, amazing.
0: I love that. And what do you, where do you think that energy comes from? Like, would you say that's just the, the triumph of having gone through this challenge and these portals and coming out the other side? How else would you describe it? I would definitely say I've seen a reoccurring
1: theme with women who have had wild pregnancies and free births. The energy transmission that they can gather from the world and the universe once they've had their baby is just unlike anything that you could put words around it's just like a level of empowerment that can just skyrocket you you know like it's hard to explain it's like it's hard to put words to but I have seen it happen with other friends of mine who have had a totally wild pregnancy and free birth that they just come out of it and it's like there's a level of trust within themselves, a level of trust within the process that they seem to have just more grit and tenacity to show up for life and their big dreams. And I think that's what real sovereignty is and real sovereign expression And the power of a woman, and I would say that this is why it has been suppressed because if we, if there were a lot of women out there who were birthing in this way, then it would be quite an unstoppable force. Agreed. Because there is just something that happens. And I would say it's not only for myself. I saw my partner. I've actually seen him over the um, history of birth, change him for all of his experiences that he had so he has a son before me and him got together and that was a hospital birth and it was quite traumatic and that really damaged his relationship and also just his own mental health and then i saw him reclaim something of himself with our first home birth because he had this wave of okay like i trust in the nature of life He had this kind of awakening of, okay, well, I trust in that. And then over each consecutive birth that has been gone in the way in which it has really well, he has opened up. And I noticed when we had this pre-birth, it just landed him somewhere different, you know. So it's not just the experience available for the woman. It's like the man also There is an energy that you can tap into that's available for real empowerment when we are given the grace of being in our own family dynamic and having birth. You know, it can just, and even my kids actually, you know, I will say I am so grateful that they have been at each birth and especially this one because not only did they get to see a miracle happen. They got to see a baby come who was not necessarily landed on earth they got to see the deep trust in life they got to be in that whole scenario in the absolute kind of gobsmack of oh my god there's two um and they have just been the most beautiful siblings to their to their twins it was like there was no meltdowns about new babies coming or anything. Like we were all just so high on life and being with these two new souls that had made a massive ripple because when they landed, you know, and I shared about it, it was just a huge ripple of light that went out, you know, because people were just so blown away that you could have twins sovereignly because we're up against so much. And I didn't expect this reality to come to me, but, because I hadn't thought about it much. But it threw me into the world of, oh, my goodness, there is a real agenda about keeping twins separate. And there is something really wrong with the medical institution when it comes to twin birth, you know, because I saw the auric um, the auric imprint that was happening with my twins together. So after I gave birth to them, and we had them, you know, I had this really strong maternal instinct that they needed to stay together. I felt almost like it was more important to keep them together than to keep me with them. Like it was, I just could see how important their little auric bodies were together as twins. And that sent me in those first couple of days into such a deep grief about the reality of twin birth, especially in Australia, because twins mostly in Australia are induced at 37 weeks. They more often than not end up in humidity cribs separate from one another. Um, Their cords are cut immediately from each other. So when my babies were born, they had a cord each, but it was... um, fused their placentas were fused together so even though i had fraternal twins boy and girl um they should have two separate placentas but for some reason my placentas were fused so they were really close and we spent those first i'm gonna actually literally say nine months of their life but those very first few days like they were never separate they were completely together cuddled up in this like little womb outside of my actual body together and i could just see how unbelievably important that was for their soul i can't describe it i don't think it's hard to describe unless you've experienced twins when they're born but yeah it sent me into a deep grief about what is actually happening in a lot of twin births out there and it's i think there's a statistic of something around 70 percent of twin parents have post natal depression and i'm just not surprised why
0: because they would have been what's happened or they're part of that
1: well they're part of the separation and they're part of the trauma they don't often get to have a totally sovereign pregnancy there is a lot of fear around about babies getting big twins not being able to get to full term um there shouldn't be a uh, natural birth that um Babies being born backwards is wrong and that that shouldn't happen. You know, there's a lot. And then even I had um, some hospital midwives reach out to me when they saw me take videos of my twins uh, wrapped up in bed together and they said, oh, that's actually really dangerous. They'll suffocate each other and they'll die. We see that happen in the hospital. And I was just like, no, no, it's absolutely not true. Like they're meant to be in this this auric bubble together like i just knew it i it's deep in my bones and even uh, my partner and my kids they felt it it was just like no this is like they need to be together just in this little world It's yeah it was a mm. surreal experience i feel so deeply grateful for experiencing the magic of twins um and it's just given me a fire to to share with twin parents you know just hopefully that even if they have to have a hospital birth they can fight for the rights of their twins a bit more to stay together
0: right that's beautiful mm. oh that's so much richness in all of your sharing thank you emma Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: I love sharing the story. It is so surreal and it's feeling really close to me right now because they are going to be one at the beginning of November and it just feels so surreal that that portal happened, you know. Um, But it's one that I will carry with me forever and one that I'm so grateful I'll be able to share with them about their kind of magical coming and you know this how I shared at the beginning that I thought the baby was really secretive. Phaedra is not at all secretive. She is absolutely a live wire. She is fully present in. She loves people. She can be picked up by strangers. She's like completely content being very confident Halo is deeply sensitive. He loves to just be purely with me or my partner, very sensitive to other people's energies, and he's the secretive baby. He's the surprise secretive energy that I was picking up that whole time but not actually realizing that it was two beings that were there.
0: And you're traveling with them right now. Tell us a little bit about that. You're traveling with five children, including two. Under the age of what?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's actually so amazing. Um, So with my business, I work completely online. I'm actually launching right now one of our um, main products, Reconnected Parenting. But that has given me the opportunity to travel. So we went through Indonesia first. Now we're in Thailand and we're just, I don't know, just on a journey. We haven't really put much thought into where we're going next, but it's just beautiful. I radically unschool my kids, so they are just living through learning. And it has been a profoundly rich experience traveling with them um, and the learning that we're getting, just even culturally, language, the very real disparity of wealth versus poverty, um, you know, the beauty of religion, we are smack bang in the middle of Muslim mosques, Buddhist temples, Christian churches, and it feels like such a deep learning experience for them. And even though the older ones are nine, seven and five, I have just witnessed how much of an epic um experience they're getting by bursting out of the bubble of our very comfortable reality in the northern rivers of australia because we i come from a very you know a bubble it's a beautiful stunning place so lovely but not a lot going on culturally so it's been a epic experience and one that i'm not ready to give up yet i'm like where do we go next what do we do
0: (laughs) i love that that freedom that's available to everybody every step of the way through pregnancy, through yeah. birth, through childhood, that's also part of the conditioning about what, what like keeping tethered, keeping tethered to the medical system, yeah. keeping tethered to old ideas of what birth is meant to be and the trauma that people <laughs> try to make, program it to be and tethered yeah. to a school system, tethered to a neighborhood, you know, all the tethering information that we get and then breaking free from that it's great
1: yeah well there's no better chance to do it now the world is so open I feel so grateful because in my bones I've always kind of been an anti-authority person it's just a part of me and so I feel so grateful that my life has opened up to you know it's very easy to live like this now Like it's so easy to have an online business that affords you to stay home with your kids, to be available for them, to stay home out of the school system. You know, even when I come up against moments where I think, well, I want this for them. As long as I set that intention, it starts to become into fruition. You know, it starts to become available. And the more that I want for them, the more that it just starts to become available. So we are just so lucky and so blessed about the times that we're in. As crazy as they are, if we are on a polarity planet, the level of freedom that's available to us is very real. So, yeah.
0: I love that. So inspiring and a great place to wrap up. Thank you, Emma. It was fantastic to hear all of that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you these, free pregnancy and free birthing stories are some of my favorites. What these women describe and experience truly is the pinnacle of what it is to have been born into a female body. The things that Emma talks about as part of her journey are in my Sexy Mama salon, and the overall themes of self-autonomy and sexual self-knowledge are in there, as well as in all of my salons. Sexy Mama dives deep into all things healing, reprogramming, and reclaiming, of this power that lies within everyone. Remember the Anami guarantee, every woman can have an orgasmic, sovereign birth. In my 8-week online Sexy Mama Salon, we cover everything from preconception to fertility to blissful pregnancy, orgasmic birth, euphoric postpartum – that's another myth that's out there, this idea of postpartum depression, which is actually the trauma of having a difficult birth – and early childhood in a renegade and NAMI-style way. You will have weekly Q&A sessions with me and access to our Inner Circle Community Members Forum that share all of our vast memories resources the salon is open for registration now you can go to kaminami.com look for sexual savant salons and click on sexy mama thank you so much for listening if you haven't already subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them We'll be back next week, and in the meantime, many happy orgasms.